Meet the temporary Republicans who will save the country from the left. Quote, patriotism means to stand by the country. It does not mean to stand by the president or any other public official, save exactly to the degree in which he himself stands by the country. It is patriotic to support him insofar as he efficiently serves the country. It is unpatriotic not to oppose him to the exact extent that by inefficiency or otherwise, he fails in his duty to stand by the country. In either event, it is unpatriotic not to tell the truth, whether about the president or anyone else. End quote. Theodore Roosevelt. What did Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, and Winston Churchill all have in common? They could see the threat and had the courage to confront it. Tulsi Gabbard is the one Democrat who could not only recognize the threat of the modern-day Democratic Party, but also dares to lead a movement to help take them out of power. And they must be taken out of power until they can get a grip and restore some sanity to the party and to the country. You see the temporary Republicans mostly on Twitter anonymously or in comment sections, but don't be surprised if you see them turn out in November. They are parents whose children's lives or businesses were destroyed by crippling lockdowns, parents whose toddlers were forced to wear masks inexplicably, even questioning the absurdity of such an illogical command was verboten. For podcast listeners, we're looking at a tweet from Madam Kemp that says, I'm a pro-choice suburban mom, longtime blue voter. This November, I'm voting Republican straight down the ticket. The Democrats who locked up my kids can go F themselves. They are parents at their wits' end because of a fast-moving ideology that has infected every corner of American culture and now reaches up to the presidency. They are environmentalists who understand that these Democrats might pretend climate is an urgent threat, but until they get China and other major countries on board, right now is not the time to pivot to electric cars. They are scientists who can no longer do honest work in their research because the doctrine keeps getting in the way. They are teachers and professors leaving their life's work of educating young people because they have been told that they must obey the new rules of the woke left. They are families in cities ravaged by fentanyl or crime. They are worried about the rising cost of food and gas, and every time they turn on the news, it's Trump and January 6th. They're worried about the economy. They're worried about the schools. They can see that lockdowns wrecked their children emotionally and have put them so far behind they might never fully catch up. They are working-class Americans who are told daily that they must concern themselves with the frequent outrages that consume Twitter and the media feedback loop as though any of it matters. America could not be in more dire straits, facing down nuclear war potentially, with inflation crushing budgets, streets less safe, and all of these insane liberals still wearing masks while they walk outside. Remember not being able to question the vaccine? My nephew flew in from Thailand to spend Christmas with us at our family's Christmas party. Half of my family flipped out because he wasn't vaccinated, even though he had already survived COVID. 
I tried to explain to them that he had natural immunity. They didn't believe me. They kept sending me links from NBC News because they wouldn't lie, right? But they do lie. All they do is lie. The vaccine never prevented infection. The masks didn't prevent COVID. We aren't born into this world as oppressors and oppressed based on the color of our skin. Gender is not a construct, and there is a difference between biological males and biological females. These are all lies being pushed by the state, forced upon us not just by the media, but by the complicit big tech and corporate monopolies, all in complete alignment with the Democratic Party. Americans don't have a choice. They won't listen to us. They merely silence dissent. We lose our jobs, social media accounts, friends, family, and status. Shut up and comply is all we get back from them. Years from now, though, so many young people will look to us and ask why so many of us were willing to go along with untested experiments on the young, to give them the gender they believe they need. Many are already expressing regret as their bones become brittle. They lose their ability to feel sexual pleasure, their hair begins to thin, and they become infertile. What will we tell them? Who is going to protect them? There is no saving the Democrats because they can't stand up to the left. There is only saving America from them. There is only voting them out. Imagine a group of politicians on the brink of nuclear conflict continuing to pursue a former president of the United States as a major media event covered in entertainment news. For podcast listeners, we're looking at headlines of Deadline.com that says January 6th, panel returns, focus on Trump's state of mind and lead up to the attack, how to watch. The Democrats have fused with Hollywood such that trades like Deadline or Variety or even the AP will report Democratic candidates like they were celebrities. There is no difference. They're all part of the same organism. Do you think obsessing over Trump while we're on the brink of World War III makes us look strong? Imagine politicians every day on cable news, high-profile journalists speaking in somber tones telling the world that working-class Americans and candidates have the power to end democracy itself if they get elected, because fascism will come to America. It was bad enough when Kamala Harris compared January 6th to 9-11 in Pearl Harbor. That made us look silly in the eyes of the world. Who is that afraid of their own people? Well, they are. They have become so disconnected from ordinary Americans that Everyone is an existential threat if they don't agree with their policies. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but someone should tell them that the Democrats in power right now are the closest to fascism this country has ever gotten. Fascists aren't people who don't accept election results. They aren't people who require voter ID. They aren't even people who bust into the Capitol to protest an election. No, the fascists are the one-party state with control over the media, the money, and the major institutions of power that seeks to foist its ideology upon the greater population. And that is most definitely at the hands of the modern-day Democratic Party. In the early 20th century, following World War I, the totalitarian regime began to emerge in Europe, essentially similar to the dictatorship, but with important differences. 
While dictatorships banned opposition and designated a single ruler, totalitarianism further aspired to permeate all spheres of life of the individual and to fundamentally reshape society. This kind of regime could not exist without modern technology. In many cases, it relied on a wide consensus among the population regarding its ideas and policies. Within Europe, three regimes emerged with totalitarian characteristics, communist USSR, fascist Italy, and Nazi Germany. These regimes were largely similar, each instituted an absolute ideology that dictated the way of life, a single powerful party and leader, the use of terror as means of managing the population and exploitation of state mechanisms and mass media in order to collect intelligence on its citizens and disseminate information to them. Each of these states adopted some totalitarian characteristics, supplementing them with a component emerging from its particular reality and ideology. Communist USSR emphasized class consciousness. Fascist Italy emphasized nationalism, while Nazi Germany emphasized racism and anti-Semitism. That was why Orwell wrote 1984. It was not about fascism at the hands of the right, but totalitarianism at the hands of the left. The people who pretended to care about freedom but didn't really. People who pretended to care about love but didn't really. People who pretended to care about equality but didn't really. That is what the modern-day left has become, because they are the ones who are demanding ideological compliance and have the institutional power to enforce it. If Democrats aren't voted out now or in 2024, 1984 is the future we potentially face as America will slip into a totalitarian state. For podcast listeners, here is a tweet thread from Benjamin Carlson. Quote, I don't know who needs to hear this, but these are the 14 hallmarks of totalitarianism. Number one, dissent is branded evil. Number two, political differences are not tolerated. Number three, mass conformity of behaviors and beliefs. Number four, large-scale, semi-organized violence is permitted. Number five, power is exerted to prevent the rise of dissent. Number six, power is concentrated in a handful of people and institutions. Number seven, whole classes of people are scapegoated or singled out for persecution. Number eight, public opinion is turned against internal enemies. Number nine, extra legal police action against internal enemies is condoned. Number 10, police punish inconsistently and outside the limits of the law. Number 11, unpredictable and harsh enforcement used against enemies of the state. Number 12, language of constitution continues to be used while serving as a facade for exercise of power. Number 13, nonconformity of opinion is treated as a threat to the state. And number 14, state police and other tools of compulsion, financial, legal, are used to enforce adherence to state orthodoxy, end quote. The temporary Republicans like me will return to being liberals once the Democratic Party returns to liberalism. Right now, though, they have become a puritanical cult that separates children from their parents, separates all of us from our biology, 
common sense, and rights under the Constitution. For us temporary Republicans, we've run out of options. There aren't many alternatives in a two-party system like ours. We're stuck until we find a way to have more than just two parties. We must throw our weight behind the best bet to take the Democrats out of power. We've almost become numb to how quickly our rights have been infringed with the forced compliance over vaccines, lockdowns, and masks, or the double standards on denying the results of an election or a violent political protest. We just live with cancel culture now as though it's our new normal. Most of us are still afraid to say what we really think online, and sometimes in front of our friends. Maybe all of that won't end in one election, but it's a start. A grassroots movement like MAGA is what has always ensured America has a healthy democracy. Once our government, media, and powerful monopolies set about silencing them, dropping their social media sites like Parler, calling them terrorists and extremists, that tells you just how afraid they are of anyone threatening their power. The sense of urgency comes because we are at a dangerous crossroads. Already an entire generation has come of age online, the Zoomers. Every generation that comes after them will have their entire lives online. They will have been conditioned and curated from childhood to follow big tech's dictates, which will control every aspect of their lives. The big tech oligarchs understand their enormous, limitless power over the citizenry, not just here, but worldwide. They have become more powerful than any one government. But it's worse than that. In 2016, Mark Zuckerberg was itching to use his new toy. 80% of Americans were using Facebook before the election. They already had the sensitive data that helped them find ways to advertise to their users. They knew where people lived. They knew who their friends were. They knew what their psychographic profiles were. They offered their help to both the Trump and Clinton campaigns. But only Trump took them up on it. Hillary Clinton had her sights set on a landslide win. She was looking at Georgia, not Wisconsin. By contrast, Trump's side knew they had a one in a million long shot by using Facebook's micro-targeting team to suppress the votes in a few key swing states by targeting specific groups for specific reasons, like black males using Hillary's super predator line young feminists upset at Bill Clinton's rape allegations, and Bernie Sanders supporters. All Trump's side had to do was target those three groups in three key swing states. That couldn't rig an election for them, but it gave them one path to a slim victory. That is already too much power for one tech company to have, but it gets even worse. Perhaps feeling guilty from having helped elect Trump, Zuckerberg then used the same technology, only he did it by finding the areas that were most likely to vote Democrat, then flooding those areas with money that the Democrats then used to specifically target voters who either couldn't get out of the House or weren't motivated to vote. But that is only the tip of the iceberg of what these massive tech companies can do. The Democrats have complete control of them right now. It isn't going to fix itself. Social media algorithms and artificial intelligence, not to mention the rise of robots to replace the labor force, mean that action must be taken now to hand back to us our rights under the Constitution. But it will only change if we elect Republicans. 
We have to find an army of Lincolns, Roosevelts, and Churchills. And right now, they exist only on the right. Josh Hawley is uniquely suited to this moment, having written The Tyranny of Big Tech, which was ironically dropped by its publisher. Hawley writes, quote, Big Tech represents today's robber barons, who are draining prosperity and power away from the great middle of our society and creating, as they do, a new oligarchy. They do it by siphoning off consumers' personal data, employing a vast network of digital surveillance that tracks everything, from a person's website visits to his travel, to the barometric pressure of his location. And they do it by gobbling up individuals' creative contributions and work product, relentlessly labeling information as public domain so they can feed it into their vast data machines run by super-secret codes called algorithms." Suddenly our once great nation is beginning to falter before the eyes of the world. If America can't get a grip, if America can't represent a model of sanity and democracy to the rest of the world, that we really will be heading into the danger zone. I don't think anyone on the left could have ever imagined we'd be living through something as absurdly terrifying as Stanley Kubrick's Dr. Strangelove. Yet what we see on the news every day from Liz Cheney and the committee's embarrassing show trial to Zelensky calling up Luke Skywalker to be an ambassador to Ukraine is the stuff of dark satire. Well then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. (laughs) Now then, Dimitri, you know how we've always talked about the possibility of something going wrong with the bomb. The bomb, Dimitri. The hydrogen bomb. Well, now, what happened is um, one of our base commanders, he had a sort of, well, he went a little funny in the head. You know, just a little funny. And uh, he went and did a silly thing. Well, I'll tell you what he did. He ordered his planes to attack your country. Uh, Well, let me finish, Dimitri. Let me finish, Dimitri. Well, listen, how do you think I feel about it? Can you imagine how I feel about it, Dimitri? Why do you think I'm calling you? Just to say hello? Of course I like to speak to you. Of course I like to say hello. Not now, but any time, Dimitri. I'm just calling up to tell you something terrible has happened. It's a friendly call. Of course it's a friendly call. Listen, if it wasn't friendly, you probably wouldn't have even got it. We can't save the left. It will have to live and die on its own time. We can, however, save our country. And to do that, we have to put on the uniform of the temporary Republican. We must try to restore some sort of sanity to a country that sadly has lost its mind. The Democratic Party of the past, the Democratic Party that I joined, doesn't exist anymore. The party that was... um, 
you know, the party of JFK, of Dr. Martin Luther King, the party of inclusivity, the big tent party that welcomed and encouraged this marketplace of ideas and conversations and people who held different views, the party of, uh, you know, that championed women and equality and the rights of people in our society. That party just, it doesn't exist anymore. And instead, we have a party that's being led by by people who have gone insane with this ideological uh, fanaticism. And there are a lot of different issues. A lot of different Our future now rests on those voters who have the good sense to rise above the media narrative, to fight for the country America used to be and can be again. I am proud to stand with Tulsi Gabbard and will join her in the coming fight. We're caught in a trap I can't walk out Because I love you too much, baby Thank you for listening to my Substack, sashastone.substack.com And remember, to thine own self, be true. When you don't believe a word I say Yeah.